0: All right, everybody, thank you for jumping on with us for our Jumpstart podcast. i got my girl Janelle Watson, who is with FFL Vera Matai, who's having an amazing run over the last few months, getting this thing down and hitting the Hall of Fame trajectory for 2023 and trying to master that. Without a doubt, she's going to hit the Hall of Fame. So she's helping a lot of families every month, north of 30, and um, I'm excited to talk to you. Janelle, how are you doing?
1: Very good. Thank you for asking, and thanks for having me on.
0: Well, thank you for jumping on with us. I'm um, excited to have you on because you're obviously getting a result with a system that's working for you, and it's something that you can help other people understand. So we absolutely appreciate that. Can you, before we get started, give us a little bit of a backdrop, kind of where you're coming from and how you found Family First Life?
1: Um, absolutely. So um, – I was a cold cold market recruit. I found uh, Family First Life on Indeed, and I kind of fell into it and kind of felt like I didn't really have a choice once I got into the pipeline. Um, So I have been an entrepreneur my whole life, or an entrepreneur dreamer, I guess, (laughs) and so... um, I had been working for a startup for about two years previous to this. It never really became what it needed to be for me to be able to take a real paycheck. So uh, by January, I said I need a real paycheck or I have to find something else. So I really didn't want to go – I didn't want a job. So there was a few different options, and this just felt right. And I had one foot in and one foot in another um, project. And then after my first dial day, I – Made 600 dials, booked eight appointments, and the next day I protected five families. And ever since then, I leaped in and haven't looked back.
0: Wow. What a story. Uh, isn't that crazy? And you could just kind of, quote, unquote, leap in and never look back. And, I'm just, like, with an industry like this that allows you to do that, like, that's not an easy thing to say and do in life. But you've done it.
1: It's exciting. And, I, I mean, I knew nothing – about the insurance world before this. I mean, Ryan, um, my mentor, pretty much uh, sold my first, <laughs> my first home. I had him on speakerphone in the home, and um, after I heard him do it, I was like, wow, I can do this. Wow, just like that. hmm
0: I love it. So now you're doing, um, you were doing in-home. Yes. And you fully transitioned into telesales.
1: Yeah, so I started March 1st of last year was my first um, my first day, so I'm almost at one year. I um, ran in the field until October. October, I made the transition. I definitely saw a dip in my numbers, but it was just a bit of a learning curve. But I've now back up on <laughs> the trajectory. You definitely have to put in more activity, but you have more time for activity because you aren't driving around.
0: So, do you like that trade off? You said it. You said it probably the best I've heard it. You definitely have to put in more activity, but you have time for more activity because you aren't driving around. Do you like that trade off? More activity versus driving?
1: So, yes and no. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I should go back in the field. In the, yeah, because I am. I'm working harder. I really am. And um, I loved being in the field because there was, I love being with people and that face to face. Um, But you just have access to more people when you're virtual because like I start, my my day starts at 6 a.m. I mean, I'm on live dials um, 6 a.m. And I start in Virginia and South Carolina in the morning. And then I work my way to Arizona and, and I work through the time zone. So it works in my favor in that way. But I do, I miss the field. I don't miss necessarily driving around, but I miss the face-to-face. Okay, so let's
0: get into it a little bit. You, you know, you're having success. Can you talk to us a little bit about your transition into purchasing leads and what that was like for the first couple of times? Like, did you see it right away, or was that a challenge?
1: Um. So I, like I said, I've been an entrepreneur, so I have invested a lot of money into a lot of things that have gone nowhere. I always tell people I've made a lot of very expensive mistakes. And I always look at that as my business education. (laughs) And um, so in my head, I kind of obviously going through the boot camp and whatnot, I had made up in my head that I was going to invest $1,000 into this and I'd see what happened. And then I did my lead strategy call with um, Ivan and he said, okay, what do you got? I said, $1,000. He said, how about we do $1,500? I said okay, <laughs> and yeah, we man. just went for it. So, and I obviously got a huge ROI on my first lead spend. And I mean, because I had I invested that much to start, I think that's why I really had good results from the beginning because I started out with some good leads and um, a lot of opportunities. Wow,
0: and you, you had success right away.
1: Yes. Yeah, I sold my first my first sit. <laughs> yep. How did that feel? Oh, it was incredible. Yep. I mean, I was able. I protected five families my first day in the field. That's amazing. <laughs> yep. Yep. And, and, the, and my first, uh, my very first client that my first day my first client, she now has three policies with me. So that day we did a mortgage protection. She now has life insurance and a final expense policy. <laughs>
0: Good job. You ain't playing no yeah. games. Yeah. The families. Okay. Exactly. So, cool. So you had success coming out of the gates. Um, as you started to transition from in home to telesales, how was that transition for you? Was that uncomfortable or was that seamless as well?
1: Um. So it, a lot of those obstacles are in your head, or at least they were for me, um, feeling like it, it's only weird if you make it weird. Um, and I think that that's kind of the – we were told, like, oh, it might be hard to get the Social Security, banking, info, all of that over the phone, but it's only weird if you make it weird. And if you act like you've done it a million times and it's what everyone does, then it just seems so natural. And so I think it's getting over those own – those own – obstacles in your head and then also like i said you're you're working harder like booking 30 appointments a week is no longer enough because (laughs) your no-show uh rate it's a lot easier for someone not to pick up your phone call than it is for them not to answer the door when you're banging on it so um and then making sure you um you really solidify those uh appointments so they show up is definitely something that i had to Work on and and it has i mean now i'm I think I'm back to the level I was, um but it's definitely easier in the field, and it's easier to um build emotion in the field as well when you're face to face
0: I get that totally getting off and transitioning into the now you have a rhythm, you know talk about some of the talk about some of the practices you're doing to set yourself up for weekly success. What can new agents take from some of the habits that you've created? That are generating a constant activity, workflow, and success flow.
1: Um, yeah, absolutely. So consistency is the key. Consistent lead flow because if I have leads, I'm going to work. And so that also is one of my struggles is making sure my leads. I have enough leads. Um, and so when the mortgage went, took a little bit of a dip in my. I started getting less mortgage protection leads. I had to start supplementing with a uh, final expense. And so it's just making sure that I have enough leads. So every dial day I have enough opportunities to book enough appointments to fill my schedule, um, to be able to run enough appointments. And then, um, yeah. And now I, it also gives me time to, um, recruit and train new agents.
0: Fantastic. And you're, you said you're booking, um, you're booking every day, running every day.
1: Yes, yeah. So I dial mostly on Monday and Thursday, and then I dial in my white spaces, and then I book um, same day and next next two days and fill it up as much as I can. I try to have <laughs> try to have no white spaces because then you you get out of the rhythm. The best I forget who told me this, but the best time to sell a policy is right after you sold the policy. <laughs>
0: Um, can you talk to us a little bit about your phone your phone script um and how you're getting people to show up for these phone calls? What what are you doing to, to uh solidify that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. One thing that I added in at the end, um, is I say to people, I just kinda say, now out of uh respect for me, Mark, uh, make sure you have your phone by you, um, set an alarm. Um okay whatever you need to do to make sure that you get my call out of respect for myself and the other families that I need to help. Cause they do have me seeing a lot of families here. Um, and I don't want to waste my time or your time. And I feel like throwing that word respect out there really humanizes you and makes them realize like, okay, like I just scheduled this appointment with her. Now I better show up. Um, <laughs> because otherwise it, it like, you're ruining it for other people and you're being disrespectful That's to me.
0: Yeah. Definitely good. <laughs> like, don't be disrespectful to me now.
1: Yeah. So,
0: because <laughs> hey, I I, mean, I was
1: getting mad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you said the tone right there. You said what? You would get mad?
1: Yeah, I was getting mad because I was getting no-showed like crazy. And I was like, why aren't people showing up? And it was because I wasn't. I wasn't making it important. I wasn't putting that sense of urgency and making it a serious appointment.
0: That's very interesting. So um, I love that approach and your ability to get. Now, what is your show ratio with with that, with with some of that there?
1: So my show ratio, I would still say, is between 50 on a good week, 60%. I mean, there's still – still not not as good as it could be, but um in on the phone, it's so easy, but a lot of times I will say people are rescheduling they aren't necessarily just full blown no showing they will reschedule, and so I think that that i mean that's pretty pretty good but now i I've learned to overbook myself
0: <laughs> <laughs> good for you um yep. makes sense keep everything on on the uh keep your ratios as high as you can get them. How many appointments are you generally booking a week right now?
1: Um, So right now I'm trying to get my lead flow back up, but minimum. Well, so my month goal is 140 appointments a month um, is the goal that I set. And then obviously I try to do more. Some weeks I get more, some weeks I get less. Um, But I try and set that larger goal so that my schedule is a little more flexible Wow, that's a lot of appointments. Yes, sir. (laughs) Lots of families to help.
0: Make it count. Make it count. Now, um, do you find yourself doing, how do you handle a a spousal situation through a telesale um, where there's a husband and a wife? How do you make sure they're both there or are you closing without the other one? What are you doing if that's happening? Um, Just some nuggets and tips that, that people can run
1: with. Yeah, so I typically always try to make sure they're both there, even if we have to three-way do a three-way call. Like, I've done quite a few of those um, coordinating schedules. It's hard. A lot of times you can typically get a Saturday where they're both available. Um, but I try really hard to work around their schedule. Um, I have run a few one leggers and I use uh, Brittany Smart's um, method of, now I'm sure you're going to have to think about this, and then I do the second second appointment. Because I know I'm setting myself up to get us. I need to think about it because I had an appointment I ran. The lady swore up and down. She would make the decision. She's the decision maker. She'll make a decision. No problem. So I sat this one legger. And then, of course, I got a I'm going to need to think about it. And I was like, you literally told me (laughs) that you could make a decision. Think about it from um, your perspective. I mean, would your wife um, be upset if you made a financial decision without her? (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'm not devious. Serious. (laughs) Oh my (laughs) gosh! I can't. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Say it again in the same tone in which you said it.
1: I mean that's how that's my perspective and so I feel like that is um the the thought process behind it brutal
0: but but you know what you just did you know what you just did and that's now I've been in these positions many times in my career but it's usually to the man um you know because you know they're the they try to be the macho person in these situations Mm -hmm. um I can't do it the way you just did it. (laughs) I I have to do it differently. I mean, you're basically giving him no option. Mm -hmm. You're basically punking him. Like, you know, it's like that tone is – that you can't – no man can come back from that. Yeah, I can make a decision. (laughs) I mean, and that's so – now that – is that that proving to be true when you get down to it? Are they really making the decision or are they – are they now stalling and acting like they can't?
1: When people say they want to think about it, a lot of time it's just smoke and mirrors. And I always say, now, do you really need to think about it? Or, or, or I say, is this something that is important to you? Like, what is it that you need to think about? Is it the price? Or did I not do a good job of explaining it? Um, because it's typically the price, or they just don't want it and they don't want to tell me no.
0: Right. Which you're comfortable with or no.
1: Yes, absolutely. Because I did everything that I could do and presented them with the option, and they may, they're choosing whether or not they want to protect their family or not. Okay.
0: Let's get into your seller sales phone script. Like, how are you setting up the sale? What are some of the key points that you make sure you hit on every time to make sure that the client understands that they're getting protected?
1: Um, Yeah, absolutely. So my biggest thing is um, I want to have the appointment sold before I deliver any sort of numbers, because it's not a matter of if we're getting coverage, it's a matter of which one we're choosing. And so the key thing is to build a why that is so big that they can't say no.
0: Okay, let's talk about
1: it. And, and, and sometimes I can't find a why I'm not going to (laughs) lie. And, and sometimes people genuinely are, have set themselves up that's very few and far in between. But um, yeah, I mean, I look at income differential, what that looks like for them. I really, I mean, I'm definitely, I listen to a lot of the top producers and they're very, um, like step-by-step and step very like boom, 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 versus I am more of an emotional, um, I build the emotion and the why and really paint the picture of what that would look like for them if something were to happen. Got it. Yeah, because, and then, I mean, it's the it's the reality of it and sometimes there's um, equal partners in the home and um, and sometimes there's a breadwinner and it builds two different, different emotions and also not taking um, vague answers. Like when people are like, well, it might be a little bit tough or um, it might get tight. It's like, no, really, your, your mortgage is $3,000 a month and you're only bringing in 2800 What does that look like for you? And so it, it's forcing them to say, okay, it might get tight or is that impossible? Or what is most likely going to be one of the worst days of your life? you're you're telling me that you're going to go get a job and then i'll be wow. like yeah like you then and, and i'll be I'll, i i get really emotional because i've lost someone and i know what that that is like and my whole world fell apart so it's Not easy for me well. to do that to anticipate their needs before they know and hopefully they don't need it right
0: right i mean but the passion that you can display because you've been through that is very genuine and it transfers because you're trying to help people, right? You're trying to help them make a good decision. People are making bad decisions. <laughs> I mean, we're trying yes. to help them make good decisions. That's all you're trying to do is help them make a good decision. Can I ask you who you lost and what was the uh, the pain of, of the finance or, like,
1: how did it play out? Two yeah, I mean, I lost my mom unexpectedly, so nothing was in order. I mean, to this day, her money's still in probate.
0: Wow. Do you share that story in, in your appointments?
1: When when it's appropriate, I do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I can only imagine the pain of that. Uh, so I do, you know, definitely... I apologize for your loss. So, and what we do is real, you know. What we do is really real. And think about what you're saying, you know. Nothing was in order. Everything's still in probate. Like this is painful stuff, you know. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Try not. And I, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish it upon anyone. But I feel like it's a silver lining, and why I have ended up where I am, because it allows me to help people avoid that situation.
0: Yeah, certainly. I mean, you came out the gates, you know, helping families from day one. It clearly comes from a place of passion and understanding. Um, You can transfer the, like, the intellect side of what we do is pretty simple. You just have to do it enough repetition-wise. You'll figure it out. But the Mm -hmm. passion side of what we do, um, helping people and, Turning that passion into work think, is the key to this business, you know, no matter what, whether you're dealing with agents and you're helping them and their family change their lives or you're dealing with clients. You're trying to help transfer the belief of, hey, don't make a bad decision. This is not worth it. You know, let's pick one
1: that works for you financially, you know. Exactly.
0: Or, exactly. Because some,
1: I always tell people something is better than nothing because at least you're buying yourself time.
0: Right. That's important. Um, what would, would be an, a, a parting shot or a nugget you'd want to give a, a new agent getting started, um, Janelle? What What would be something that you'd want someone to know about, about the mindset here?
1: I mean, consistency is the key. Like, your numbers will equal will eventually equal out like you have good days and you have bad days and you got to just, just keep swimming is what I (laughs) always tell myself because some days you feel defeated and, um, and you, you just have to keep, keep on going because eventually you'll find a family that wants your help. And yeah, I mean, sometimes you get all your nos in one day. Sometimes you get all your yeses in one day. And, and it just, I mean, it's a numbers game, but I think that, um, I mean, what we do is very simple. It's I mean, it is hard work, but it's very simple and consistency and activity, I think is the key to everything. I mean, there's not, there's not much to it. You just have to do it. I mean. (laughs) I
0: like that. I like that. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much, Janelle, for getting on with us. You're off to a fantastic start to your career. 2023 is going to be epic. You will make the Hall of Fame. And I'm excited about your trajectory here. Um, You know, you have an awesome spirit and uh, you're backing it up with work ethic. So keep doing what you're doing. You're helping a lot of people. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. Thank you.
0: Well, God bless everybody. Thank you for jumping on our jump start. Thank you, Jamal. We appreciate you. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you.